October 25th, 2022. Who's breathing heavy like that? John, uh, is that you? The mic is eight inches from my mouth. Uh-oh. That's not that big. You got a big mouth, I guess. All right, here we go. And in three, two, one. Yippee-ki-yay, mother... Welcome to Yippie Kaye Mother Podcast Classic. I'm Ralph Quattrici. I'm Sean Paul Murphy. I'm Deborah Murphy. I'm John Quattrici. I'm Chris Coker. And I'm Drew Gould. Well, hello, everybody. Everybody have a good week? Yeah. Good week. Thank you. Do we all? We do have one death to report, don't we? That uh, Leslie, who's that person that just got in a car? Leslie Jordan. There was also uh, just actually, I just read it literally moments ago. Uh, Jules Bass of Rankin and Bass Animation. Thing. Oh, really? Oh, wow. How old was he? He must have been a hundred. He was pretty old. I didn't. I just saw the headline. So he was the guy that uh, did the original Rudolph, Frosty yeah. the Snowman, The Hobbit, Last Unicorn, a few other things that are uh, really, really good pieces of animation. Yeah. Wow. Well, there you go. And there's the little Narelco commercials that used to play on the commercial. All <laughs> yeah. right. The little sled. The, the, yeah. The, yeah. That was awesome. You think when he goes to heaven, God will be one of those puppets? Yeah. Well, that'd, that'd be, be kind of cool. Leslie was pretty short. That guy was a little small. Guy. Who is it? Oh, that's the guy. Okay. Now I know who You've Leslie seen him Jordan. in everything. Yeah, He's yeah, in yeah, everything, yeah. But uh, yeah. I don't know. He wanted to be remembered as a good and positive person. And I think that's what's happening now. And it's really a very sort of sweet nice bittersweet thing to see he was apparently a very uh kind and gentle person and he's always been funny and his covid videos kept people's spirits up so that was a sad bit of news this week well i guess we're not going to do something about him on cue it up if he was a fine and positive well person. no we'll find out he's got a lot of yeah. skeletons in his closet so Believe i'm not me, crack, i have no doubt cracks, about that our crack staff will definitely yeah, dig we'll definitely research All right, that let's do a quick what you watch let's start with john what'd you watch oh you started with me last week oh wow um, so I wanted to go a little different based on the movie that we had to watch. So I, uh, last night I actually watched my cousin Vinny and I, uh, I just love that movie. Uh, uh, and it's funny that Joe Pesci was not the first choice for that. I think Jim Belushi was, there was a couple other people that you'd be surprised after seeing the finished film. Um, I just love the movie. I think it's funny. Uh, I think uh, him and Marissa Tomei play off each other great. Uh, Fred Gwynn is great in that movie. Austin Pendleton as the stuttering lawyer is hilarious. And and uh, as I read about it, um, having watched it, the legal terms that they use because the directors actually was uh, went to law school. Uh, they say it's one of the most realistic in a in a compressed time frame. But the language and tactics they use are very uh, real. Uh, I just love it. And it's just such a funny movie. And Joe Pesci is great in it. And I'm not even creeped out that he's 47 and Marissa Tomei is 27. Um, I just think it's a funny, funny movie. Great script. And I, I can't picture anyone else but Joe Pesci doing it. The only thing I'm disappointed about, they were supposed to make a sequel. And Miss Marissa Tomei is the one who didn't want to do the sequel, which is surprising considering she won the Academy Award for that. But that's what I watched. Allegedly. allegedly. Uh, well, no, no. And, and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And it was just as funny as it was the last time I saw it. So that's what that's I watched. Great. That's a good one. That's great. Uh, yeah, Drew. she definitely won it. Oh. So did La La Land. <laughs> okay. All right. We always bring that one up. Uh, Drew, what would you watch? Well, unfortunately, I finished watching The Watcher 
which I enjoyed oh. the first two episodes of, and then it went um, right down the drain. It was like the worst of Ryan Murphy and J.J. Abrams and anybody else like that's inclination, where it's, here's an idea. No, just kidding. Here's this person. No, no, no. Here's a, it just becomes a big blob of nonsense, and it's boring, and it's not mysterious, and it's not suspenseful. And by the time you get to the end, you have probably more than once the worst kind of ending for this kind of story. This is not a spoiler, but you know how in... Uh, Hardy Boys, they figure out about 10% of what's going on, and then they get captured, and the bad guy twirls his mustache and says, this is what's really going on, and then they escape, and it's like they figured it out. That happens like four times in the last episode, <laughs> and none of it's what actually happened, because it does admit at the end the true story, which is they have no idea who wrote those letters. And they didn't have to end the show that way, but uh, it was a big waste of talent. But it was way better than the other movie that we watched this week, called abandoned which is a haunted house movie with emma roberts and um that was uh, another one of these there's a house that's haunted a family moves in the house reveals its secrets except all the secrets are awful it's boring uh i couldn't figure out what happened at the end of it and it took me 40 minutes to keep going back and try to read the wikipedia summary just so i could understand if a character had survived or not and uh, it was just really, really dreadful. They were pushing it a lot on uh, Amazon Prime that I should watch it. And I abandoned my senses and trusted them. And that was a terrible mistake. So unless you want to nap, because that happened also, uh, please skip <laughs> abandoned. You dropped lid? Hand, you dropped lid? Oh, my God. Yeah. On the so other abandoned, hand. On the abandoned, other hand, abandoned. 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 The, on the other hand, that movie Barbarian that we've talked about, it's apparently on HBO Max as of today. So I am looking forward to watching that one. Good. I highly recommend that one. Plus, a friend of ours of the show directed that. That's that's what we hear. Very exciting. Alecano? Allegedly, we'll get him on it. No, he's not a friend. Uh, Sean and Debbie, what'd you guys watch? You first, Deb. Better Call Saul. The, you finished it, or are you in the middle? We're in, uh, and, and the it's season so hard three. for me to get a grip on it now because it's been so long. Um, <laughs> okay, so are you recommending? Wait a minute. I want to. It's hard for you to get a grip on it because it's too long. Is that what you just said? Oh, I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure that's what I heard. Damn, I don't have the sound effects. I think we just got a YouTube mini. I'll provide a whole YouTube short or maxi. And I tell you what, people were talking about Arrival podcast. I think last week, I had a duck. Yeah, they're not. Which I was listening to, and. So I decided to watch. They're doing. They're on a um, George A. Romero yeah. pick right now, and so I decided to watch um, Day of the Dead, which I always found interesting. But listening to the podcast about it gave me a new appreciation. And I, although I think it's still the le- least of the three original films, you know, I do have a new appreciation for it. I mean, I loved the first two, and I always thought this one was okay. Now it's moving from okay to the good category. Was that the one in the mall? No, no, that's no the that second was like the Dawn of the Dead. This is the one like in the salt mine in the line. They're in a bunker. Oh, oh, farming, uh, farming yeah, yeah. Where it feels like bub. two and a half hours of bub, people bub. shouting at each other. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the only and one I saw. Not even married. <laughs> they're not even married. What's the What's the next one? Land of the Dead. Is that the Land next one the that dead. he did? No, Land of the Lost. No, that's different. Land of the Dead was not bad, actually. I was surprised. It had, uh, what's his name in it? Um, Fleestacks? Dennis Hopper. They do. That Eye of the Duck yes, does Dennis a nice Hopper. job of uh, breaking down all the production of those films and the backstories and uh, and then and picking out, the whole point is they pick out one scene that represents the whole film. Um, 
And it's fun listening to those. They did Aliens already. They've done Mission Impossible. Uh, it really makes you want to go back and watch those films, which is which is fantastic. I think it's it's great. They do yeah, a really nice we don't job. we don't do that much research here. No, we used no, to. They, we used they to. have one guy. They have one. Well, they have a re- by the way. They have a research team. Okay, they have producers and a research team. Yeah, uh, that's two people. Yeah. Well, what's no? But they have extra outside of the people on the podcast. So. Right. Right. Uh What's your point? I don't get your point. You have children. Why aren't they researching for us? <laughs> I'm the aren't only kids, one that can do the research. for free labor? Listen, I hate to be a bully, but this is I can't help it. This is what makes me want to be a bully. Chris, what'd you watch? Oh, um, well, I felt exactly the same way Drew did about The Watcher. So Sorry, bud. But, um, no, yeah. But uh, I do want to say that I, uh, on John's recommendation, I checked out uh, Werewolf by Night. Enjoyed it immensely. It was fantastic. It's only about 55 minutes long. Really has kind of a, a fun Halloweeny vibe. Uh, can't say enough about it. Just check it out. It's on Disney plus. Um, even though it's kind of, it's in the Marvel universe, it's more horror because it's about a werewolf and other creatures of the night and hunters and stuff. Anyway, it's definitely worth it. Uh, but I did check out the first two episodes of the peripheral on Amazon prime. Um, and I am a huge fan of William Gibson's writing. I've read many of his novels. Um, and I've always been surprised that the only two things that have made it to screen were based on two of his short stories. Uh, and neither of them were very good. Uh, but however, this one seems to me that they might have gotten it right. It, it's so far, it's really good. They've obviously pumped up the action in it, but it's, uh, it's hard to describe. It is serious sci-fi. Um, so if you're, if you're, you got to pay attention. You can't be doing something else. It's one of those kinds of shows. Who, who's right? in that, Chris? Who, who's in uh, it? Chloe Grace. Okay, Grace. that's the one. It, it looked like the Matrix to me. It yeah. kind of looked like the Matrix. Yeah, so look at the helmet. They get the thing yeah. on our Well, I have, yeah. I have one concern about it, and you'll have to let us know. It's by the Christopher and I'm sorry, um, Jonathan and Joy Nolan that did Westworld. And that first season of Westworld was really pretty spectacular, and then it just went straight up its own butt. So I, I want to watch the peripheral, but I don't want to get attached to sure. a show that is going to get you know twisted up inside itself. So mm-hmm. I'm curious to hear what you think as you go. Well, the, the, I'll let you know because I, I read the book a couple of years ago during the pandemic, and I'm about halfway through the second part of the trilogy. Okay. He, he, he Gibson writes many trilogies, and the, but they're very interesting in the sense that the same characters are not in the same books with the same prominence, you might have a, uh, you know, a supporting character in one novel who becomes the main character of the third novel. And then the main character in the first novel may not show up again, or just as a bit player, you know, that kind of thing. So it's very interesting. So I'm really interesting. Hopefully it'll do well. And I would love to see the, if it's, you know, one season, one book, you know, there might be a couple, three seasons in it. So we'll see. Cool. Drew, I want to thank you for your review of Westworld because love the first season. Second season, okay. At the end of the previous season, though, I'm like, where is this going to go? And more importantly, I don't care where it goes. Right. That's the problem. Well, it's like The Walking Dead. I was a, I was yeah. obsessed with The Walking Dead for the first two or three seasons. I think the last one I saw was uh, Look at the Flowers, whatever, whichever season oh, that was. Oh, jeez, that was... Right. Wow. And, but that was it. I didn't, and Westworld was the same way. I, I loved the first season. Loved it. Second one, like you're saying, it kind of went, okay, I'm still in, but wow, they're kind of going and then forget it. I didn't want to watch any more of it. But here's mine. I am going to change my, slightly change my negative review of Halloween Ends from last week. What? Yeah. 
Uh, and I'm doing this mainly because I went to two places that I really trust, uh, Red Letter Media and um, Film Junk. These are two podcasts and, and YouTube channels that I watch all the time. And they kind of hit on things that I had missed watching it the first time, and it became a little more interesting, and I'll just say it real quick. If you remember the first, uh, the third original Halloween film was Season of the Witch. Yes. Which had nothing to do with Michael Myers. It kind of went off the, you know, the franchise, went off the thing. And when you watch the title sequence of this film, you realize that I think that's kind of what they were going for. First of all, if you remember, if you haven't seen it yet, but the title begins with these pumpkins that are exploding out of each other. And they're actually using the type set and the color from Season of the Witch, which right away starts the thing that something else is different. And again, this isn't me figuring this out. These are these two, these podcasts. And it just made me realize that, you know, they were going for something. Now, I think they missed there was a couple of miscues, the way it ended, and some of the other things that were too obvious. And, and after Halloween Kills, I don't know how else they could have done it. But I have a different appreciation for the film based on what these guys were saying. And I think it kind of deserves another look because they were trying something that was definitely different and, and definitely outside of what people expected. But I, I think they're getting a little... I think they're getting a little negative press or a little negative reviews that I, I don't think quite they should be getting as many as they are. As have you seen the so. pitch meeting on this one? I have. You, <laughs> it was I, hilarious. I love those two guys. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> I know. But I think, I, you know, having having had these guys kind of, and they're very good about breaking stuff down, both of these podcasts. And I thought they did a really good job and kind of made me want to look at it in a different light. So anyway, there's that. Well, but the, um, pro the problem with that is that this is a new Halloween trilogy that they could have built as a trilogy. Yeah. And the way that they did it, the first one is so satisfying. And if the first one became the only one and that was the final confrontation between Michael Myers and Laurie Strode, it would have been very satisfying. That's right. The second one was crap after the first five or ten minutes when Michael kills firefighters and things. And then this one, they said, we're going to introduce new ideas and we're going to transfer evil to a new generation and all this other stuff. That's not wrong to try that, except it's the third movie that you've been telling us is the end of the story of these two people who basically don't really connect to each other for the, until the last five minutes of the movie, which doesn't feel connected to the rest of the movie. And it's not, it's not satisfying like Halloween season, Halloween three season of the witch or whatever. They said, we're just going to do something different. That's also bad, but they weren't What's like, bad? they the weren't bad. Season of the witch. They weren't no, due. It's not they bad. weren't due to bad. finish a story. You know, like when no, they made Halloween, they didn't know we're going to make another one at all. Never mind a trilogy, that right, sort of thing. Right, so, right. No, I, I understand that. I do understand what you're saying. I just think if you get a chance, look at the Red Letter Media review, and they do this other kind of sub-review of it where they break down some of the signals and some of the things that the writers were trying. I think they were trying. Maybe they're retroactively saying this because they got so slammed in reviews, but I do think it gives you kind of a slightly, diff a slightly different look. But anyway, all right. But I got to bring the film today, uh, which is a Halloween f um, a horror film that you had never seen. So the film I brought, which is playing behind me, is 1974's Texas Chainsaw Massacre, directed by Toby Hooper, which I had never seen because it was just one of those films I just didn't want to see. I haven't seen the original Last House on the left either, um, and I don't know if I ever want to see that one. I may if I have to do this again. But um, I was shocked, shocked at how bloodless this film is and amazed by 
the fact that what was it about this film? It had to have been the hype about this film and what I thought I was going to see that made me go, I don't want to see this thing. What happened was true. I couldn't get over, again, how, how, how tepid it was as far as killings, but just how powerful the film actually is. I, you know, it is an amazingly well-directed, whether he did it on purpose or not, I have to believe he did because some of the camera choices he made, angles and just settings, how brightly lit this thing is. It's a horror movie that's, that's in complete practice, complete sunlight until we get to the night scenes and the dinner scenes and all that. But those scenes on the farm where the people are running around the farm, and, and I, I just was amazed at how, how uh, just what a great film this is and, and how, what the lack of gore. And, I mean, there's violence. Don't get, you know, we know that. There's it got violence, an X rating anyway. It, I, I, it's amazing. It's amazing. And that has to be hype. You know, that whole that lead-up that John Lorquette, who, who voiced that narration, that scroll that they do sets up this film to be very, very creepy. Now, was it an uncomfortable film? Absolutely. You know, when I said that, that first kid, when he falls out of that wheelchair, rolls down the hill or whatever he does, that character, uh, I actually couldn't wait for him to get killed, which he did. Um, uh, it's such a great, I, I, I'm amazed. I, I don't want to talk about it because I want to hear what you guys, what, what you guys said. I just couldn't get over how, how good this film is. Now, it's, it's strange and it's, it's, it's disturbing. Um, but I, I just, I was, I loved it. And, um, I want to hear what you guys have to say. I want to start with John because this is definitely not your, not a film that you would want to ever watch. So let's, I want to get your immediate reaction. Then we can start talking about some of the other scenes. I hated this movie. I, well, okay. That's, I hated it. I thought there was, uh, look, I'll, I'll say what the good thing was. I, I, I thought it was shot kind of interestingly. Um, the way he used the lighting and stuff. Um, so I, I appreciated that. Uh, look, we've had these conversations over and over again, and I, it's not that I'm anti-slasher film because I think Halloween is brilliant. I friggin' love that movie. I just thought I like to be entertained when I watch a movie, even a scary movie. I was not entertained by this movie. I was not intrigued by the movie. I thought the acting was horrific. I thought the choices that the characters made in this movie were incredibly dumb. I thought the movie was dumb. Um, I, I only watched the whole movie because of the show. I would have shut this thing off within 20 minutes had I just been watching what? it. Where would you have shut it off? Um, after about the first 20 minutes when that, when the guy comes in the van and he cuts his finger and he burns the picture and he starts doing the, <laughs> it was just so stupid. Um, I just found this movie really stupid. I found it disturbing. Not from a, because the tension is so strong. It was just a dumb, I, I found no redeeming quality in this movie. Like, I like a good horror movie, and I can appreciate the scares and stuff. And and it didn't, it's not like I was, like you talk about, there was no blood. That didn't bother me. The way he shot it, he didn't want to show that because he actually didn't want it to be rated R. Um, so he did that purposely. But it was just, I, I don't know what the big hype is about this movie. I didn't like it at all. I, I, 
I wasn't entertained entertained in the least. Now, I did some research on it, and I see how they made it. Look, I'll give him credit. He made a low-budget movie that made a, a ton of money, maybe because at the time there was nothing really – you've never really seen anything like that. And maybe if I was a child of the 70s and I saw that for the first time, I'd be completely freaked out by it, and then I could buy into it. But relating it to all the movies that I've seen since then – and I'm not a big fan of the genre. Let me just say that like Ralph. I'm just not. Um, I, I, I didn't like this movie at all. I don't know what all the hype was. I thought it just was. Uh, I, 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 can't, I can't even tell you the feeling I had after I watched it. In fact, I went down and talked to Rose. I said, you're not going to believe what I just had to sit through for an hour and a half. Honest to God, that's exactly how I felt. And I was like, even from a filmmaking standpoint, other than the the interesting shots, I'm like, I don't get this. I don't get this at all. Uh, things happen, like like at the end, the truck driver who saved the girl runs down the road by himself. That's it. Just runs away. That's it. And the girl gets picked up in the truck, and she's going the other way. And the guy's swinging the, the, the friggin' thing. I, I hated this movie. I didn't like it at all. Uh, I don't know what the thing is about this movie. If you're a horror fan, I don't get why you love this so much. So that's my opinion of it, and I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm glad go, I never saw this movie. Why don't you go wash your hands and we'll keep we'll keep talking. No, I went out tonight for dinner and yeah. I had four beers because I knew we were going to talk about this movie and I didn't even <laughs> want to talk about it. Honest to Did God, you that's how wait. I had a visceral reaction to this movie like I have places in the plate that, What did you that, eat at dinner? What did you eat at dinner? Did you have beef? What'd you have? No, I didn't. I had, cow? No I had cow? pasta. Uh, places in the heart, I didn't like it all either, but I didn't viscerally places hate in the heart. it. What did like you say? Sally Field? One from the heart. Sally Field? One from the heart. I'm oh. sorry, Ralph. I'm sorry. You got me screwed up with the title. Um, I, I didn't like that movie at all, but this movie, I just viscerally, it just was like this bad taste in my mouth that it took me a day to get it out of my mouth after I watched this. I, I, I know that's probably contrary to what you guys think, but I'm just telling you that was my reaction to no, it. I knew that would be your reaction. I know. Don't get I know you wrong. knew that. I mean, it's nothing. There's nothing wrong with that reaction. Yeah. Kind of. So, kind of a bit of a, but, uh, you know, uh, anybody else? Debbie, Debbie, let's I, hear. I absolutely hated this movie <laughs> so much so that, um, it just is madness. It's just madness. She barely I think that's watched the point. it. She took the phone oh. out after a while. No, I, um, can barely. It, it just reminded me of what my idea of what hell would be like or a house, a madhouse, you know, with mad people, crazy people. And I can only say uh, a comparison would be like having parents that were heroin addicts or something like that. that that'd be kind of like a hellish kind of existence. Heroin addicts with chainsaws. Oh, that the loudness of those chainsaws. As a matter of fact, we, um, this was several years ago. We went to a, a haunted house out in Washington, which was a real scary experience for both of us because it was, there was chainsaw sounding things there. I don't know if it was real chainsaws making this terrible. And then they had fire breathers and something was there because it, it just, it just sort I of would tainted never, us. I I heard an ad for one of those things today where they let you ride in a hearse inside a coffin. Yeah. Oh, no, oh my God. Oh. oh, my God. Horrible. No, I would never. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Listen, I, well, you mentioned the sound. I just want to, before, we, this, he uses, the way he uses the sound of that generator that's in the yard, that red generator, that when you hear those people, they're walking up to the 
the the house and you start hearing that generator, then I start getting anxious. It's like, oh, they're getting near the house, something, you know. It's just that's what I mean, the brilliance of what he was doing. Yes, it is madness, Debbie. I think that's the point. The point is it's madness. And if you think about it, Psycho, you know, he's got his mother mummified down in the basement. It's not too far off. I'm not saying it's Psycho John. I hope I see not. Your look. I am not saying that. I hope not. But I'm saying, madness. well, that's also based on Ed Gein, too. Yeah. Right. Psycho's based on Ed Gein as well. So, you know, Toby just took it to a level. Toby Hooper just took it to a level times 10. But there's a reason um, for that madness with Psycho. This, what? What's the reason? This is no reason for this movie. Why? What's the reason? That. What's the difference between Anthony Hopkins and Leatherface? Or the family? What's the difference? Now you're getting complicated. <laughs> oh, sorry. I didn't mean to, but... Yeah, I don't know about all about that. I could only say this about that. Instead. Did you watch the whole movie? Yes, I did. You were in the room with the movie. Okay. Don't have to be really... <laughs> strict about that because yeah you better be after what you said yeah films. if you're gonna call people out i was, I was hoping i, I had you but i did house. <laughs> right uh, i'm sure but yeah. uh, this movie from the get-go it it just um it was mad it you know i just you I didn't angst. like it? and and in our society you know what's going on i don't like to you know i'd, I'd rather not be in that angst feeling I appreciate and I don't that. like it I don't like the way things are in the world but you know I gotta live here and yeah. um, I don't I don't really right, want to ever fair. see that movie I'll never see a movie like that hopefully not another requirement to see left, last house on the left God well maybe you don't know please. what's coming up we got two more and there's so sequels right lots of sequels Sean for this it, one I too think. well did you like it Sean well, I saw. I did not see the film in the theater when it came out. I saw it on VHS. That should show you how long ago it was. Early VHS. I hated it when I saw it on VHS. And mainly, I was tuning out when John was tuning out. That hitchhiker and the differently abled guy in the wheelchair. I don't want to be ableist, you know, but some people have to die. And um, well, but that also added to the anxiety of that. That's the whole point of that. Yeah, but to me, they were so over the top in the acting. Yeah. So, you know, let me just say I I have a new appreciation for it because I forgot how it opened. And I felt that that sculpture made in the cemetery was very unsettling to me. What really worked in this film was the production design. Mm -hmm. You know, that dead body on the thing was very unsettling and um how about the upside down armadillo is that what that thing is yeah it's like really there's no violence that's a dead armadillo (laughs) they use a lot of dead things in the film a lot of those were those weren't dummies you know they had a lot of apparently it was quite the um health hazard to set so the film look you know so once as soon as this came up i'm like oh yeah this is why i don't like this film I, I like the beginning. I'm like, oh, I'm going to give this a second chance. And then they pick up the hitchhiker, and I'm like, oh, God, I remember this. And um, when they finally go, you know, what is it? <clears throat> second act, the first couple. Also, what do you know about any of the people? One, that the girl has a brother in a wheelchair, and the other girl likes astrology. The guys are complete zeros. And the wheelchair guy is just so annoying that you wish he would be the first to die. 
What? What do we need? Backstory? I don't think we do. I don't. You know, no, there's nothing about these people. Right. So you really don't care about it. But except they're going to a house that they used to live in or used to visit. Yeah, but they didn't say why. Well, because but, they were worried about the the bodies being dug up in the graveyard. So they decided to go another fifty miles today. Okay. Yeah. yeah. To see the old house they used to live in. Yeah. So or, or visit, visit. visit. I well, what I now here's what I really liked about the film, and this is a term we'd use a lot when um, Uncle Al was on the um, podcast is transgressive. Yeah. You know, and this is I, I felt was a very transgressive film, even within the horror genre, in the sense that everything was so sudden. Like when he hits the first, kills the first guy. That is the, the most brutal thing I've ever seen in my life. For no that blood, person. he hits him. He's on the ground. He's shaking. And then he hits him again and it slams the door. I mean, it, the suddenness of that. And when the girl came up, she he just grabs her, pulls her in. And you don't see, you see the meat hook. You don't see her. And later her in the freezer, you know. And um, the girl, the main girl, I think her name's Marilyn something or other, um, that's her. The actress Marilyn Burns. Burns, maybe. Um, yeah. I thought she. Um, well, I think Gunnar Hansen was great in the in what he gave. He, you know, he was the least over top, over the top. Leatherface, Leatherface, Leatherface. Who yeah. I will say, I did a movie with. Uh, a movie called Chainsaw Sally. Ring the bell. So Gunnar Hansen was in it, and you know who it was shot by. Get ready um, to ring this bell big this time. Mike Flanagan. Who really? Him. Yeah. He oh, shot wow. the movie before, wow. he, you know, before he became the Mike Flanagan. Right, yeah. before he was Mike Flanagan. Yeah. He was still just one but year out of college. his name was Mike Flanagan. Yeah, but he wasn't that Mike Flanagan. He wasn't the not Mike the, Flanagan. Not He's a very the nice Mike guy. Flanagan. It's part so, of his trip uh, to being the Mike Flanagan. That's yeah. a good, that's a good uh, thing on his resume. So, you know, one thing that Leatherface said, it's like, you know, you know, I'm only famous for being in this film, you know, and, you know, he didn't have, like, lines at all, but he goes, at least I played an iconic character that, you know, even if you haven't seen the movie, you're familiar with. Everybody knows who Leatherface yeah. is. Yeah, but I tell you what, once he's in, once they're in the house, I find everything incredibly disturbing, you know, and, yeah. and I don't think it was an accident. I think Tobe Hooper did a great job, particularly... At the dinner table, the sound, the, scene. Yeah. the sound was so jarring all the time, the yelling and the screaming and the arguing. They used no music, I think. Yeah, Most of except the, on it was all animal, all animal sounds or something, like screeching. Yeah, things. it's like when they started going into like the extreme close-ups of her face and her eyes. Oh, my God, yeah. And yeah. then when they wanted to let Grandpa kill her because he was the expert. Poor yeah. Grandpa, I think he gets underrated. Could barely hold the hammer anymore. Thank but, goodness. you know, I love it when she, like, ran just right out the window, you know, right through the glass. And I saw another film within a day or two where someone's, like, trapped up there. And I'm sitting there thinking, just run through the window. You know, the person's going to kill you. Why aren't you going to do that? But to me, everything is so unexpected in this film because it's not even horror movie tropes. You know, they're not really building up suspense when Leatherface kills that first guy. No. There's a little suspense as he walks in. He's looking around. But everything's so sudden and so dark. And, you know, I really. Well, I think uh, all the suspense, all the suspense ends up being in the house. Once you realize what's going on in the house, anybody that walks up on those steps now is potentially going to get. And that's what, essentially what happens, right? Everybody who walked into that 
area ends up getting attacked. And, but it um, does, I agree with John. It does feel like they didn't know what to do at the end. And it's just sort of she's trying well, they, to Yeah, I understand what you're saying. And they but just that is, cut to black. That is so iconic. Well, two iconic things. Her scream on the back of that pickup truck. Yeah. Her hysterical escape scream. Yeah. And his flailing around, With the which tail. is essentially what Tucker did, or Dale, whichever yeah. one, when he's running away from the bees. That's I what he was thinking mimicking. about that movie while we were watching this. I will uh, say that the, the, the girl, um, I will say out of all the acting, her her uh, acting in that dinner scene, her oh, terror, yeah. Yeah. was was really really believable. I will say, I that. have a feeling she was terrified filming that scene. Well, imagine I, I, they I, had all that. It's 120 degrees, right? Day, yeah. And they had all that bad meat on the table, right? All and it took like four days, of, four days to film. I think is what all that said. run in the woods. She was getting cut up and slashed, yeah. and you know. Anyway, uh, Chris and Drew, very quiet. Well, they're quiet because they're letting others talk. Well, jump in, interrupt like we all do. Yeah, um, I, I would just say, um, you know, it's funny. I, I probably saw this movie at some point, probably in college, but uh, and then when I started watching it, and that crawl comes across the beginning that John Laird Cat is in, then I was like, yeah, I've definitely seen this before, um, but I had pretty much forgotten most of it. Um, one of the things I also found really just this movie just sets the the tone from the, you know, the body sculpture at the very beginning. Um, but also when they're in the car, it is literally nonstop terrible news stories on the radio. Right. I, right. I, I noticed that it's kind of in the position radio, but mm-hmm. everything is terrible from shootings to diseases to car accidents to poisonings to everything is awful. And it's just this, um, it kind of, uh, I like the fact that you could hear it, but it wasn't it wasn't too in your face. It was just kind of setting the the tone. Um, and the movie shot in direct sunlight. Yeah, and I don't feel any sunlight at all. You're right because they set that up very early with that radio. Except for there, there's one scene that I really thought was really quite beautiful. I mean, was the scene where uh, Jesse, the guy with the glasses, he's walking uh, into the sunset toward. Yeah. It's really just well shot. It's really, and it almost, in some ways, it does feel like it is from a different film, Um, which is another thing about that character. There's a scene where he gets hit on the head, and then the girl pops out or whatever. She starts flailing around, and the guy shoves her back in, and then Leatherface is like holding his head like the guy got away. We never found out. I thought he had gotten hit, maybe was concussed, but somehow escaped. And then Leatherface is sitting there rocking with his head. Did anybody understand what was going on there? No, absolutely not. The the film itself is this, and you're right, it's the suddenness, you know, that it happens with you. And and I will say this, and, and John, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this out to you. You kind of have to try to put on your 1974 eyes. You know what I mean? When you're watching this film, because it has been copied and it has been, right. you know, mimicked and... and um, like you said, with Tucker and Dale versus right. Evil, and parodied so many times, and like you said, you may have never seen this film, but you under you know you know images, you you kind of get kind of about it. Um, plus, I think back then the idea of cannibalism was far more, um, uh, you know, not acceptable even in a horror film. So, like, I think that's one of those things that like freaked people out. You know, not the very idea palatable. that. 
Putting, yeah, exactly. Where, where are the sound effects there? Yeah, I wish tonight. Every, all these jokes are flying. I don't have the exactly. Sound oh, well. But, um, but no, I mean, I, I thought it, 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 you know, it's what, one hour and 25 minutes. Um, so it's got, it's got like no fat on it. But I'll say this as annoying as Franklin was, I really felt for that guy. Like I felt for him. Yeah, why did they bring him? I mean, it's well, like he was why? their cousin. They obviously I know. I know in the story why they did, but it's like Jesus. I mean, but like and, even the scene where he's like everybody's having a good time and laughing, and he's like barely wheeling through, and yeah, because you got the one couple that has absolutely no sympathy or care for the guy, right? The one that that dies first, and then like. Jesse obviously tolerates the guy because it's his girlfriend's brother or whatever. Um, and she's trying to help him out because he's got a, you know, short stick, you know, he got the short straw in life or whatever. Anyway, you know, as, as annoying as he is, I, you know, I felt for the guy, you know, I did because he just was, he's in this terrible thing and he's in a wheelchair and, you know, Everybody's cool and, you know, got beautiful girlfriends and laughing and having a great time. Meanwhile, he's desperately trying to wheel into an old broken down house. You know, I just, uh, but no, he was super annoying still. But, uh, yeah. but no, I mean, I thought the film was like really terrible. I'm not even a huge horror fan, but like I was on edge from the moment it started until the moment it ended. Was that really? because, why, because of its reputation or? Did it really put you on edge? Because I I'm like, was, I'm sitting there going, "What's the? I don't see the tension yet. I can't quite." Now, when the hitchhiker gets in there, yeah, and he ratchets up the craziness, then it starts adding a little bit of. And well, I shouldn't say that when that, what's his name, Franklin, is having to go to the bathroom outside, and that truck blasts by, and yeah. knocks the ramp down, and he ends up in the you know laying in the woods. I mean, his zipper was I, up. Yeah, I was just okay. So so. Again, is it reputation or did you actually feel like you were caught up in the tension of the film? Well, I mean, I thought it did a good job of slowly building it up, like the whole weird symbol that he put on their van. Right. You know, and then they pull into that, that barbecue slash gas station. And at first, you you know, you're like, hey, here's another kind of weird dude, you know, who's washing their windows. Um, yeah. I was surprised that he didn't come back and be part of, like, the family. Or I was whatever. wondering if he was Leatherface. Yeah could be you know um or you know because you're not sure about that and then the other guy comes back and you know he's like hey we don't have any you know we don't have any gas but you can hang out here you know and it just was a weird for and, and prob part of it probably a lot of it had to do with its reputation um but it's a simple fact that you know you're going into a horror film you know uh, well yeah okay well I, I will say uh, i was tense you know because i'd already decided years ago i didn't like the movie so to me, it was just simply, it was just anything could happen in it. And I didn't remember enough. I yeah. remembered Franklin, the guy in the wheelchair, and I remembered the end with the chainsaw. But pretty much everything else I didn't remember. Mm -hmm. And it was sort of like it was a movie, and maybe because it wasn't polished, you had no idea what was going to happen next. And to well, me, I got to believe the, sound, the word. Of, yeah. The sound. And the visuals gave this. The sound design was amazing. Was um, it was unnerving? All, I really thought it was. Also, remember these are the days when it was word of mouth that was going to generate any kind of uh, you know stuff on the film. Was this the ad campaign, or was it Last House on the Left, which was it's only a movie? You have to keep telling yourself it's only a movie. Do you remember that ad campaign? I remember that campaign. I can't remember what film. I think that yeah. was. Um, I think it was Rise of Skywalker. 
<laughs> okay. Yeah, don't bring it back to that. I think the 70s. It was only. Remember, you have to keep telling. Maybe it was Motel Hell. I forget which one you. This was a big hit in drivings, too. This was big on the drivings. You can see why it would, right? Absolutely. All right, Drew, give us some, uh, give us some, uh, Drew, Drew love on this and one. And if there's any way you or can hey, relate it to hey, Indian movies, know. Drew, please try. <laughs> oh, I got, I got lots of good stuff here. Um, I, I, this is, when I was growing up, I was terrified of, well, I mean, of everything, scary books, scary movies, whatever. And, um, when I fir- finally started watching horror movies in college, I found that I really was enjoying being scared and all that sort of thing. And there were a few movies I really wasn't brave enough to watch until I think my last year of college. And they actually uh, ended up having screenings of them on campus. So I saw on a on a sort of a big screen, The Shining, and The Thing, and The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I think this movie is really fantastic. Um, I hadn't seen it in a long time. I had forgotten um, how intense it is. Uh, really right out of the gate because when I think of the movie, I remember certain scenes. I remember the fact that a, a, a silver door is actually terrifying. Right. And I remember, um, the dinner scene. Every part of that dinner scene is terrifying. And my favorite thing in the whole movie, as far as the performances and where it's going and everything, when she gets away at the end and she is shrieking in terror and then also in joy and in survival. I mean, that is as real as any emotion in any movie ever. And watching him swing that saw around, because you don't, when you first see it, you don't realize that that's the end. I mean, he's having a tantrum. He's basically, to me, he's a child because it's a family. So you sort of see everybody's role in the family. And to me, he's, he's a child. He kind of gets nervous about getting in trouble. Like, oh no, somebody's coming out of the freezer and... Um, yeah, he, he's kind of like, um, he definitely does more evil things, but I don't know if you remember, here's the first one for you in Mad Max, uh, beyond Thunderdome, there's master blaster mm-hmm. and blaster turns out to be this giant monstrous guy. Who's actually like some kid with down syndrome who is mm-hmm. not capable of making adult decisions and is manipulated into doing terrible things. I'm not saying that Leatherface is manipulated, but Leatherface seems to me like a child. Yeah, and the I things that concern him, right. like little arts and crafts projects with people's faces and stuff like that. And at the end, his big tantrum, he doesn't, at the end, he's, he's like swinging his saw around to the point where he hurts himself and yeah. he just keeps swinging it around because he's just really upset that everything kind of fell apart. They were having a nice dinner and then she jumped out the window, that sort of thing. And I think, um, you know, this movie is as much as we've talked about, it's as much about what was going on in the world. And Chris, to point out what's on the radio, I think is a very important part of it because this is what 1974. So the hippies are now kind of the bad guys and they're a bunch of wastrel kids. And what are they doing? And they go places that they shouldn't go and they're intruding. And this is before there's a final girl trope. This is before all these movies are basically like, oh, yeah, is they this had the sex, original they drugs, they got killed. Yeah. Is this the original Final Girl? Is she? Is Sally the original? Final I, I don't girl? know if she's the very first one, but she yeah. and Laurie Strode are certainly the ones that set that that standard. Although those yeah. two movies, I think, are very different. Yeah. But um, I think, I think You're this right. movie she is might be the original Final Girl. She, she might be. I'm I mean, I, I think this movie. Film like this. I think this movie is like it. It's really important. I also don't blame anybody if they don't want to watch it. Or they watch it and they have a really unpleasant experience with it. It's a really unpleasant movie. I could tell you it's as much about 
society changing and people losing their livelihood as slaughterhouses industrialize and how lonely they are as much as it's that movie where the guy is like, you know, cutting people with a chainsaw. But what I said last week when, when you picked it and I said this to both, both Quattrucci brothers, you know, it's, it's not what you think it is. Like if you ask anybody, do you remember that scene where he puts a girl on the, on the uh, hook? Tell me what happens in that scene. And everybody will tell you, Oh my God, it was so bloody. And the hook came through it. It's none of that. I mean, he cuts a guy, he cuts our boyfriend up with a chainsaw on the table in front of him. It's not like even blood gets on his mask or something. It's, well, you don't see any of that. Right. It's very, it's very interesting how he builds up the tension without building up the gore. I, what we see is her looking at, we see her looking at. We see her reaction, which is your reaction. That's the thing. You, you are on the hook. You are watching. I'm surprised you didn't mention the best daylight shot in the whole movie, which is, of course, her red shorts walking towards the house right before. Listen, I was going to get into the beautiful 70s ladies that they picked. Yeah, there's a lot of that. That shot is iconic. That, that red pants and the blue sky. That's just, yeah, it's, I mean, in in some ways, it's a, it's a really raw, beautiful (laughs) movie. And the other girl's white pants, her white pants. The white pants, the braless 70s. This was a movie made for about $7 by people who'd never done anything like this. And it's, it's incredible to get that made. I mean, that's, that's the story of things like Halloween and Eraserhead and they, they launch these careers. And Toby Hooper wouldn't have given us uh, the masterpiece that is Life Force. Oh, Life Force. I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> start his career with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Life Force is a classic. The, but the, also, it shows me how good, uh, X, that film X, how mm-hmm. well, how well that director mimicked, that. mimicked, uh, well, that's, this movie. That's what I was going to say next is that th- you don't, especially, especially like, like we talked about Citizen Kane. When you see Citizen Kane, if you watch it now and you've never seen it, or you haven't watched it since you've learned about and fallen in love with movies decades, you know, before that sort of thing. You don't realize there's so much stuff that you see in movies every day that they did it, that he did it first right. and that that's why it's special and that it's still special watching it. Now you're still impressed the way that he frames a scene and the lenses he chooses and all that kind of stuff. And this movie is a lot of that. I mean, think about it. It, it spawned what there's nine of these movies. Yeah, they don't yeah, have any don't kind know. of continuity. It's not even a cinematic universe. Some of them are just bad. Some of them are um, are bad with some good scenes in them. Um, none of them are, I think, as important as this one. But then everything else, like how Ed Gein inspired Psycho and this and and um, Silence of the Lambs, those three movies inspired so many other things. I mean, one of the scariest, creepiest episodes of the X-Files that they showed once and then they pulled is called Home, about a cannibal family that... That Mulder, uh, that uh, Scully and Mulder run across, including finding out the mother has got no limbs and is under the bed and sending her sons out to get her human food. And like none of that and that creepiness of that and the dirtiness of the house and all, none of that exists without this movie. It's, yeah. it's just such an incredibly influential movie that if somebody said, I don't ever want to watch it, I totally get it. And uh, I think it's good if people love movies and they watch it. I also, I don't blame you if you never want to watch it again. This is not a movie. I mean, it's on, it's on, um, various services, but I, I've never said I've got to own this movie. I want to be able to pull it out at any time. I want to have the best sound, any of that kind of stuff, even though I appreciate everything about right. you know, how it's and, made. And, and, and I, I do know that Debbie probably bullied you into watching the whole film, John. You couldn't give it up after the abuse I took for skipping a little bit of that other movie. So, you know, you stuck with oh, it. That's Bali. the important thing. That's the important thing. You worked hard. That's all we ask. I d- you have no idea. No, how hard I do. I, I do. To get through I this do. Movie. Partly, I picked it because. With you? I, I, no, no way. I would no never way. have, have made her watch this movie. <laughs> you know, the worst part about it was it's not what the the whole movie. No, no, stop it. No, the worst part about it was the the sound of it. 
Yeah, that's the oh, point. Oh, it's terrifying. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's really unsettling. It's it's brilliant. It like, <clears throat> like I said, that 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 generator generated so much fear in me every time I heard it come up as they were walking around. It was amazing. I loved that. To me, want to tell you what I thought the scariest scene was? The, the very first kill is brutal. That is scary. You're right, and the door slamming and how quick that was. And the guy twitching out there, was oh, yeah. that was pretty rough. You know, come to think about it, the, the weirdest thing about that movie, hearing it, and, and I would look at it occasionally, you know. I mean, I was... <laughs> okay, that's nice. My head yeah. down to hear it. Okay. But those chainsaw was so loud... And you know, like when chaos is going on and you hear somebody screaming or something or some kind of loud noise. This is normally around our house. Right. Chainsaws. We have grandchildren, so it's going to be loud. I get it. Well, um, I, uh, I think that when you're, when you're in the zone there um, and you're hearing and you're trying to hear conversation and that loud chainsaw and you're trying to figure your brain, the brain is going all over the place. On top of her constant screaming. Exactly. I mean, that's Sally character screaming through right. the whole film. Like when she was trying to hide. Justifiably. I mean, yeah. I don't know what I'd be. I don't know. I'm running away from this guy. I'd be screaming like a like. You a know, crazy I suppose yeah. this I mean, movie has got its good points because say somebody is on their deathbed and they're trying to, they're comatose and you're trying to get them to wake up from their coma. Maybe this movie could be played, and that would charge them up. I think we should try that at some old age homes too. Let's drop it in there and see if. Oh well, my God! You imagine what it would happen. Right. Now let me get back. So the scene that if, the scene that freaked me out the most is when she goes into that gas station, and it ends up being the father who runs that gas station, and the way he attacks her with the broom. The, yeah. For some reason, that broom, because it's like this innocent broom, and he's using it to pound her down to eventually put the bag over her head after she's looked up at the barbecue. Yeah. And, and I got to believe that that's human barbecue that they're cooking. That might even be one of her two friends, I think, yeah, maybe. Um, that house, he, the it, the way, house is literally a slaughterhouse. That's, yeah, that's what, They yeah. kill people like animals and they butcher them. That's what it yeah. is. So. Yeah, that's why he convulsed like that when he got hit with the hammer. Exactly. That's exactly how they describe the cattle. Yeah, exactly. Doing the same thing. Yeah, well, they set that up beautifully, yeah. talking about the slaughterhouse and looking at those cows. And uh, Anyway... Uh, okay, that's Drew. Were you done? Is there any well, more it, anybody wants to it, say? It reminded me of two other um, movies that are more recent. Uh, one of them it, you talked about, Daylight Horror. Uh, so one of my most favorite movies ever, especially of recent horror type movies, is Midsummer. Nice, and yeah. this movie at the, especially at the the dinner table, it's a it's a scene of a family of a community, and they're all screaming. Because when she's screaming in terror, they start screaming at her as a joke. And that makes it, you know, 10 times more upsetting and more disturbing and more unsettling. And they're laughing at her. And there's a similar scene in Midsummer when Florence Pugh's character discovers uh, what her boyfriend has been up to with uh, another young lady and a lot of other ladies of the uh, community. And she runs into the house where they've all been sleeping and all these women of the community follow her and they all scream with her. But when they scream with her in Midsummer, they are welcoming her into the community. And it's daylight. It's really intense. It's all relatable. But it was really interesting that this screaming, uh, like really loud, disturbing, all this stuff is totally different goals and totally different emotions. And then the other thing, we talked about how it's basically a slaughterhouse. There's another movie, um, what is it, 2015, Under the Skin with Scarlett Johansson. I've yeah, never seen is, that one. Oh, it's a fabulous yeah. movie. And it's basically yeah. about her hunting... Um, Hunting yeah. men to process them into meat to be sold for, you know, other, at other planets. And, it's but alien. it's, yeah. it's the, it's great movie, great book, weird adaptation of the book. But the whole, um, 
the whole way that uh, she treats people and thinks about people and changes how she thinks about people when they are just cattle that are being, you know, found and processed. There's a lot of that in this movie too, as far as I, I don't think that every single person in the movie that's killing these people is getting it, is doing it just for pleasure. Like this is literally what they know how to do. It's not an excuse, but they're a family that kills cattle and processes meat and they weren't bothering anybody till you walked through their door. Yeah. They weren't well, hunting what's anybody. Interesting, they weren't doing any of that stuff. Right. But what's interesting about that is the sequels uh, hit the hit, literally <laughs> hit you over the head with that idea. Oh yeah. They you know they bring it up all this one with Viggo Mortensen in there. I think Matthew McConaughey's in one of them. Yeah, he's in the Next Generation with Renee Zellweger. Yeah, where they 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 literally just pound you pound you with that message. With this one, they never say it. You just know it. Right, you know it just based based on what you. Well, just I just said. I just watched the recently the Netflix one, which is the new one, which is another. Right. They're all the same. Where Sally comes back. Well, Sally's character comes back, which I think they wanted it to be like a Laurie Strode type right. of thing. It, it doesn't yeah. work, and it's dumb. There's one scene though. It's funny because it's everything that this movie isn't, and that it is actually funny, but also totally different there's a scene where uh it's all these people that are on a bus and they're there because they're thinking of investing in this old town or something and leatherface gets on the bus and he's he's holding a chainsaw he's dripping with gore because he's already killed people and everybody on the bus doesn't understand what's happening to them so they see this guy step on the bus covered in blood and they hold up all of their cameras at once and they're like like you better be careful you're gonna get canceled acting like that and he revs his chainsaw and then when what if I say what he does is he cuts through the crowd on the bus. Whatever you imagine that you thought was in this movie is what's in that scene. I mean, right, it's just torrents up. of blood and gore and all this kind of stuff. And it's got more personality than most of the rest of the movie. But this movie, it's so much. It gets so much without showing you anything. It's really very impressive. Well, it's a very, very disturbing movie yeah. without any, hardly any blood. I mean, the blood you're seeing is blood that may be on somebody when she's running through the woods. Or when he cuts his hand with the knife. I mean, well, that's but that's probably... the thing. It looks it looks real. If I if you hit somebody in the head with a hammer, their their skull isn't going to break open, but they're going right. to have a, a wound. They're going to have blood on it, and that feels real because it feels like oh, that could happen to me, and that would really hurt, and I would scream. And that's what she does in the movie. Yeah, it keeps putting you in the in the experience yeah. of these terrified people. It's really right. it's really amazing. But again, there I don't need go. to watch it again for the twenty years. Uh, me neither. But I, you know what? I'm going to say I think I appreciate Tobe. Toby Hooper, you know, he got a lot of ridicule for Poltergeist. You know, mm-hmm. everybody assumed that uh, Spielberg directed that film. And he Spielberg may have had a big part in it. I don't really know. But, you know, I think he's an underrated. I think he did a bunch of creep show, too. He's kind of underrated, I think. Yeah, he's done, he's done a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Well, look, and, I mean, anybody, anybody that can, can finish a movie and get it released there is I'm, I'm still impressed by that some people are like oh i'm gonna make this great movie and then it's like the magnificent ambersons and they never finish it but you never know you know what somebody's story is going to be about these movies and i i think uh it's just it's just impressive that they had nothing and like grandpa was an 18 year old kid who they put the makeup on him and then he said this is awful i'm not taking it off i'm not putting it on again so they shot for three days in the heat in their house full of dead animals you can't you shouldn't do that stuff with modern unions and safety and stuff like that but the movie doesn't happen if they don't do it that way yeah. so i always wonder where that character came from in those six flags commercials and that's exactly yeah exactly. that was perfect and and he i guess he's a vampire too because he sucked on her blood and by the way uh if you read the uh, the background on it, he actually cut her because the fake stuff wasn't working. Yeah, no, so Tony Hooper's he a terrible person. He literally cut her yeah. with the he cut his her finger in yeah, that not, scene for not real. Nice. Not nice. Yeah, but you do it, wouldn't you? Method, wouldn't you do that? Uh, no, not without the. I'm an actor, Ralph. I don't. I don't. You know. Don't bleed. 
That's what Olivia used to say. Just act, my boy. Just act. Just act. All right, let's rate this one. John, let's start with you. Um, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, I give it a big thumbs down. Now that's okay. Is it yippee ki nay or yay? Nippy ki. If I, normally <laughs> I wouldn't swear. No, I'm not going to swear. Yippee ki nay. I was going to say you. f and nay, but I'm not going to do on. it. Go stay on brand. Debbie and Sean. Yippee ki nay for me. Yippee ki yay. A surprising turn in my opinion. Nice. Well, you liked Chris. it from the beginning. I mean, no, I mean, said, no, when I saw the film. And yeah, well, you watched the whole thing. I hated the film when I first saw it years ago. Well, after we watched it. Uh, yeah, I liked you it. Said, yeah. Surprising. Okay, Chris? Uh, Yippee-ki-yay. Um, it's, it's kind of a seminal horror film, and it, it, it still yeah. works, man. That old, like you said, that steel door slamming shut, that's one of the creepiest things I've ever seen. Yeah, and the kid slipping on the blood on the ramp as his way into that. Mm-hmm. Like he sl- does that little slip right before he gets a hammer in the head. It's like, uh, it's so many, those little details that are like really cool. Yeah, very little. Uh, Drew? I mean, Yippie Kaye, it's a repulsive yeah. classic. Yeah, Yippie Kaye. I have a much, much bigger respect for Toby Hooper. I'm going to have to watch Life Force about five more times. Just to, I will say, I don't think see. you should spend any time watching really any of the sequels unless you're morbidly curious they're like the, the remake that marcus nispel did uh, 20 years ago now has arlie ermy fantastic terrifying 2000, performance. 2003 version something like that yeah and jessica yeah. beale and like there's there's good stuff in it but they're not they're not good it, movies and the one no, of them is alexandra daddario and she's always wonderful to watch but it's not a good movie well the interesting about that 2003 version was uh shot by the same cinematographer of this one of the original oh wow i didn't know that yeah that's yeah. neat. Uh, and then you can see they more money. some of the shots. Now, they had Jessica Biel there, so she was completely sexed up with her. That's the other thing about this film. No drugs, no drinking, no, nothing sexual. And no nudity. And no nudity. I mean, and and it's still shockingly, it's shocking. It's amazing. All right. Um, anyway, I really enjoyed it. Uh, John, you should check out Life Force. Uh, I've seen sure. Life's Force. Are you okay. kidding me? Matilda May? Oh, I think oh, that's your yeah. name. Do you, oh, and Rose, humble, humble. you and Rose, you and Rose watch that together? Steve Railsback? Come yeah, on. Classic, classic. Steve Railsback, who played uh, Ed Gein in one of those straight-to-DVD uh, oh, serial really? killer movies in the early... He played, uh, he played Charles Manson. he played Charles Manson. Yeah, he was Manson Skelter. All right, here we go. Stuntman. Let's look at that movie. Yeah. Oh, great movie. That's, that's, that's a great movie. movie. All right, here Richard we go. Rush. We have two of us left. One day... Oh my God! Look how slow that is. Oh, it's so enticing. I'm oh my God! Oh, what's it doing? Oh, oh, oh my God! It's going crazy. What the hell? <laughs> it's Drew. Hey! Hey! Boy, that took forever. Nice. Boom So I'm I'm thinking you guys probably want me to pick Dennis Hopper's Texas Chainsaw Massacre two. 1986 but, uh, sequel. I think you should. I've actually seen that and it's garbage. So I'm not going to say that. Um, I'm going to surprise all of you. And I'm going to pick Tumbad, a highly recommended yes. movie oh, from our audiences yeah. in India that is available uh, on Prime. That's supposed to be an excellent horror movie, I believe, also from Tollywood. So uh, looks I like did, our views are going up. Again, I did everybody. look it up, and it's about <laughs> an what an hour and fifty minutes. So oh, well, that's a short. I know, right? So and I, I, knew, I don't know if it has musical stuff in it or not, but I have been looking for. Well, to since it, so. our views have dramatically uh, dropped and the comments have dropped, we need to make sure that our Indian fans know that this is happening. Okay, right. so make sure you guys uh, who have subscribed pay attention. They'll find it. Believe me, they will find. Yeah, it. I know. They will find so, it. 
If you build it, they will and, come. Yeah, there's a, I think they'll be there. There's a podcast uh, called Electric Enthusiasm where these two people, they bring um, something that one of them is enthusiastic about and try to sell the other one on it. And it's movies, music, a lot of different stuff. Mm. And it's funny because they get, you know, respectable views and sometimes they have sponsors and stuff. But they did – and they're on uh, the, the podcast services and on YouTube. And they did an episode where um, – the man brought RRR to show to the woman, and they ended up doing a follow-up episode on RRR because they said this episode had 60,000 views and 250 comments, and all these people were recommending stuff and correcting our spelling and excited that we were watching it. And I Now, was they're like, all hopping on our bandwagon. Yeah, I was like, that's uh, that's what happens now. Well, like I said, when you look at RRR uh, reviewed anywhere, that thing is getting tons yeah. and tons of views. It's amazing. It's and fantastic. This is good. And RR and R is also R-R-R-R-R. getting really good. Also good and I knew you, I, a lot of I knew people you watching resist. that one, too. I knew you couldn't resist. I know Sean, Sean is thrilled. I would like to say one. something about uh, to our India, our audience from India. Uh-oh. Now, we just, uh, the Chainsaw Massacre, this was not typical of how we behave here in the States. Oh, my God, are you kidding? <laughs> what are you talking about, Debbie? That was a documentary. <laughs> You know, I don't condone that behavior to on animals, especially human animals. I wasn't I wasn't gonna pick Tumbad. I was gonna pick a movie called Dibbic, which is about um, I saw that. Yeah, we saw that. About a family uh, that moves into a house and they have a, a box that may be bringing evil into their house and towards their uh, unborn child, and the house turns out to the box turns out to have a, a Dibbic. Uh, which is a, a like a Jewish uh, demon, basically, and they have to get a rabbi to help clear the house out. And it's an Indian movie, so I thought, oh, perfect. But um, it's not supposed to be very good. And it's basically a remake of The Possession, which was a Jeffrey Dean Morgan horror movie about the same thing. And that movie was just okay. So Tumba. Well, and is, well, I want to say one thing. Can well, I say to and you've already fans? and you've already seen it. No, I so, haven't yeah. seen Dibbic. Oh, I, I thought you had. No, oh, I've oh, seen the possession, okay. the the possession, okay. or whatever. Oh, I'm the, sorry, I thought yeah, you said no. You'd I haven't, seen I haven't it. seen okay. Dibbic, so I was going to pick that one. But all the reviews were like, "It's okay," and I, you know, I want to be more excited than that. Sean, do we really need to pander anymore? No, I do want no. But in all honesty, there are so many films in India. You know, we were lucky that Drew brought us R and R, R R R. You're welcome. But you know, without these recommendations from the people in the comments. You know, there's too many films to look at, you know. So um, I'm glad we have knowledgeable people there pointing us in the right direction. And one of the guys, I will say this, Ralph, I'm pointing at you. One of the guys was saying the best American horror film was The Haunting. And he said, you should do a a show on that. And I said, we did. It's audio only. And I put the link to it. Okay, well, you know. There's lots. There's good movies that people like and bad movies that people like, and everybody, you know, it's good. That's what's movie. That's what's great about films. So, all right, everybody, have a good week. So next week is Halloween. Yeah, the week of Halloween. So this will yeah, be the last horror film, right? Yeah, this is it. This so Chris, is you don't pick Halloween. a horror film, but well, it has to be Indian if you want views. So well, yeah. Too. I mean, if you want people to watch, it's got to be an Indian movie. Keep in mind that. Um, reviewing or talking about a movie that people want you to watch uh, that have proven that they want to watch that's not pandering if you love if you hate it and you say that it's good that's pandering and especially with john and debbie's reactions on this episode i know that we are not a pandering bunch so if you guys watch this movie and i hate it and you hate it that's what we'll talk about next week and that's fine all right that's right we're not pandering at all but uh, we i don't think you know what that word means but that's okay i don't think that word means what you think it means (laughs) right Perhaps. All right, everybody. Have a safe week, and we'll see you next week. Bye.